we are like you. We're the dreamers of the NFL. I'm Jacob. And I'm Trevor. And we dream big together about all the coolest scenarios in the NFL that may or may not ever happen in the league. Wouldn't it be cool if they did? Yo. What's up? All right. Trevor, wouldn't it be cool if... Well, here's the thing. Unlike last year where the Seattle Seahawks were the runner-up in both the Offensive Rookie of the Year and the Defensive Rookie of the Year, wouldn't it be cool if we actually won both of them this year? And I, I don't think that's far off. I, I think, at least for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think that's very realistic. But I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool, man? It would be. It would be really cool. I feel like we got, like, I don't know. I mean, Sauce Gardner was incredible last year. He definitely deserved it. I think, I think more, I think Kenneth Walker more got robbed on the offensive side of it. Um, but with that being said, I mean, we absolutely could have done it. And I, there's definitely a very real shot with our first two picks from this draft um, that we could do it this year. I think, I mean, Witherspoon. I would guess, I don't know if they've got, let me see if they've got betting odds for this. Um, but I would guess that Witherspoon is the betting favorite for um, defensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Um, really? I would guess. I mean, he's in such a great situation, right? Um, when, when you come into, come into our defense, like we, we've already shown that we have uh, a defensive player that, was able to go and almost win it last year, right? In the, from it's that exact win. same, yeah. I mean, so, okay, so he's he's got the fourth longest odds. Will Anderson's the favorite for the mm. Texans, and then Tyree Wilson. Yeah, but it's the Texans. So Will Anderson's plus three fifty, Tyree Wilson, Jalen Carter plus eight hundred, Devin Witherspoon plus nine hundred, right? So he's right there. Um, Will Anderson does make sense. I mean, he's he's. He's pretty damn good. So he's going to be the guy to compete with. Um, pass rushers are tough to beat too. But I think Devin Witherspoon is going to has, has a you know his his advantage that he's going to have over Will Anderson is that he's going to be on a more successful team, mm. right? Um, and I think that this defense is going to be much improved this year, and it's going to the way that especially the secondary is set up, it's going to be positioned in a way that Devin Witherspoon is really really going to shine. Um, and so I think, you know, I think he's got the best shot of the two of them. Um, although oddly enough, the odds makers say different Jackson Smith and Jigba is plus 650. The reason I say, I'm not sure if he's got as good of a shot as Jackson Smith and Jigba is that Jackson Smith and Jigba one, there was, there's a lot of quarterbacks that got drafted. There's a lot of quarterback hype, right? Bryce Young is going to be a day one starter. CJ Stroud going to be a day one starter. Anthony right. Richardson, we'll see. Um, I think there's a good chance he's a day one starter, um, but he was the most developmental of all of those prospects, who, right? Um, who else do the Colts have? Who's their other quarterback? Gardner Minshew. Oh. <laughs> the stat. Funny. The man, the myth, the legend. Um, yeah, you, so. You know what's funny about Gardner Minshew? I, I, maybe you don't feel this way, but I almost feel like his career is he was destined to be a career backup, and yet somehow – Season in and season out, or almost every other season, I would say, he somehow finds his way in a in a position battle. Like he's always got a shot about every other season. 
I, I I disagree a little bit just because I had such a front row seat to the Gardner Minshew experience, right? And I'm obviously at Wazoo. Yes, at Wazoo. Yeah. And I'm obviously okay. biased. I have a Kugler tattooed on my body. Like, take this as you will, right? But and he's got like while his ability level would say, yeah, he's destined to be a career backup, right? His like the the his moxie and like the intangibles that you have that, that that everybody talks about about like quarterbacks right are why he's always he's gonna be a very I think he's gonna be a very Ryan Fitzpatrick like quarterback right where he's gonna bounce around for team to team but he's gonna be always too good to be backing up right he's gonna be fighting for starting positions wherever he's gonna go I think it's gonna be a lot of situations like he's gonna have this year with the Colts where he might be a stopgap guy for five six games. Right. And that's similar to what you're saying, but I'm just saying I, I would take it like yeah. I, he's a little bit better than just career backup. That's right? that's not a I mean I don't the think league needed a new Fitzy. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Gardner Minshew is the perfect guy to fill that role. He absolutely. would probably hate here. The only that, the only but... problem is that Gardner Minshew is a very different player in the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is like was like a true gunslinger, right? And like he, really careless with the football like that dude would just try and chuck that thing all over the yard very entertaining style of football sometimes he'd throw five picks sometimes he'd throw five touchdowns he'd do them in back-to-back weeks it'd be wild right you never knew what you were going to get um Minshew's a much more like classic backup quarterback in the sense that he's just good about like not making too many mistakes with the football right but I mean you watched him that rookie year with the Jags man that dude just makes plays and he makes plays when he has no business making them. And, you know, there's always going to be a spot for that on NFL rosters. But I digress. Back to what we were originally talking about, which was <laughs> <laughs> our guys making or winning rookie of the year, right? Um, and obviously when we're saying this, we're talking about Devin Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Correct. Like, do you think there's any other draft pick that Seattle got that is is going to outshine one of those two first-rounders? Um. Not in the sense that they would win rookie of the year. I think I have another pick that I'm going to get into that we'll get into later when we start breaking down all these picks. I want to talk a little bit about these guys or a little more about these guys specifically. Um, but I do have another pick that I like is like my favorite pick of the draft. Um, that's not either of those two. Um, oh, I love that. But yeah, we'll get into that later. You, I, okay. I'll, I'll save it for later then. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, when it comes to like these guys winning rookie of the year, Jackson Smith and Jigba, while he's in a fantastic situation, right? And the odds makers are saying that he's got actually got a better shot um, than Witherspoon. I just think, you know, quarterbacks are so, you know, like they just, they, they get all the love in these kind of battles, right? And especially if you're going to see a bunch of these guys playing early. Yeah. Um, and then also B. John Robinson who is the odds-on favorite at plus 300. Um, dude is a stud and went to another great situation in Atlanta. I don't know why the hell Atlanta took him there. Um, they just drafted a 1,000-yard rusher last year um, in, like, the fifth round. So, yeah, let's use a top-10 pick on a running back. Now, with that being said, B. John Robinson, stud. Um, and they see him as a weapon. I think they're going to use him a lot as a receiver in a very Christian McCaffrey-type way. Um, or even, maybe even more in like a Debo Samuel type way too. I mean, who knows what it's going to be, um, but he's, I think, going to have a very good shot at that thing too. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Jackson, 
JSN and Witherspoon, I think, are going to be in these fights until the very end. Um, so now, I, like, I guess, looking at them individually, right, getting past just the rookie of the year thing, and like, yeah, what I think about the picks, right? So, one, like the Witherspoon pick, like it's funny because it's just it's so classic Seahawks, where it's just like we zig when everybody thinks we're gonna zag, right? Everybody's looking at the Seahawks draft, and including myself, right? What did I say? Did my- you? Yeah, you're honest at like very candid opinion here. What did you expect that at all, or were you expecting Jalen Carter? Because um, I know that's what we had said in the in our prediction, or not that it, it kind of turned into that very quickly, like where we predicted all the draft picks, you know? Yeah. I so I wouldn't say I expected it. Um, I had heard so I had like read some things that the Hawks were really interested in Devin Witherspoon. Um, it seemed like the guys that the Hawks like the, the, the seemed like that had the most hype around them from the Hawks, like from what I had read in terms of Twitter and like what seemed like in terms of gossip, um, was Witherspoon or not? Yeah, Witherspoon and uh, Anthony Richardson. Right, I think there was a real chance oh. and had fallen to us at five that we had taken him. Um, mm. But yeah, so I had heard it. So I wouldn't say it necessarily surprised me. I mean, I did definitely expect us to go defensive line, but it it's not a shocker. Like when you look at the way that the Seahawks have drafted and whether they've prioritized players over the history of their, you know, of us being around and and the fact that like corner was a need right we have Tariq Wollin but you know the other side could still improve and we needed more depth right so it was a need it wasn't as big of a need but I think this is a case of they're looking at it like that was the best player on their board that was left right so they took him um and I love it right if you look at us it's like we've shown a pretty good history of um scouting drafting and developing corners um and now we get a chance to do it with our pick of the litter, right? And so that's really, really exciting. Um, and I think, you know, after, you know, after the pick, I went and, like, been watching, you know, a lot of his highlights and film and stuff. And I think it's interesting, right, because everybody sees that we drafted Tariq, right? Like, he's the incumbent, right? But the, what's interesting is, like, I, I'm looking at this team, and I think we've got, like, a kind of a Legion of Boom 2.0 thing coming on here, right? Where we've got... I've heard that. What's interesting, though, is, like, I think a lot of people think of Tariq as, like, Richard Sherman, right? And it's it's it, that's not going to be the case in 2.0, right? Witherspoon, he is the left corner, right? The Seahawks like to play. They don't usually have their top corner travel with the best defender or with the best offensive player, typically. They've done it here and there but most of the time they like to have their corners play on the left side and one guy play on the right side right um and i think devin witherspoon if you look at the way when i looked at the his film which is he plays plays one he's really really physical and he plays downhill which i i love right it watching his film like i reminded me a lot of watching richard sherman right it's very very physical and downhill um despite like he's a little undersized, like he's only like 180 pounds, but like just still can lay the boom. He, right? um, he kind of reminds me a little, even watching his tape and, and his uh, like score, his stat sheet, like his baseball card for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, reminds me a little bit of like a, the cornerback version of Earl Thomas. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I, I yeah, I, I guess all of these things. What's interesting is I guess Richard Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas are very similar players in my very mind. Very similar in yeah. terms of like different positions, but they played their positions very similarly. Um, even like I I think he can like one Witherspoon can lock up on one guy if he needs to. He's got great man cover skills, but. I love his eyes in zone coverage. Like when you watch a play, he's got really good eyes where he's like, he's reading routes really well. And you see there's a, there's plenty of film of him just jumping routes, making plays or, you know, blowing up a guy underneath for, you know, a short gain or something like that. And like laying the lumber too. So it was like, man, you just got your receiver rocked for that two yards, you know? And I, I love that. That's really aggressive football. And that's what our defense needs. Um, also, he didn't give up a single touchdown last year. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy cow. I yeah. didn't know that, actually. Yeah, so, I mean, the uh, he's a stud. Um, we have a history of doing well with that, that position. What was interesting is we did kind of – we broke our 32-inch arms rule, right? Which is like <laughs> – in, in our pre-draft stuff, I had actually talked a little bit about Christian Gonzalez, who uh, when we talk yeah. about – when we talk about the draft as a whole, I think that was also one of the steals of the draft, what the Patriots did to get him. Um yeah what 18 19 17 and they traded down to do it um wow pretty 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 savvy move um that we'll, I'll talk about a little bit later but I but Billy I but boy Gonzalez right I looked at him I was like this guy's lightning fast long super athletic right um yeah but they didn't go with him and and you know what's funny is after we've taken the Willerspin pick and I've kind of had a little bit time to digest it and look at the way our team is built it makes more sense to me right if i um because like Tariq, right Tariq's gonna play on the right side and i think christian gonzalez more has a skill set like Tariq, right he's long fast super athletic right um and that's great for Tariq in the way he plays in the backside, where it's like he's not necessarily like a lot of times that's the back back end of a quarterback's projection progression is over on that side of the field right um, or they're working their way over that way. And so what Tariq can do is he can drop in coverage and sit and bait quarterbacks and jump routes and use his speed to his advantage. That's what we saw him do last year, right? And that's why he was so good over on that right side. And that's why I love the Witherspoon pick because we can leave him over there. And now if you look at what the original Legion of Boom was, right, it was, it was Richard, Earl, Cam Chancellor, Brandon Browner, right? Brandon Browner was the weakest point of that defense right and then eventually and he was he was he was no he was no very very good player that's what i'm just but that was if you look at it that's the weak point of that group right who's the only one that's not a hall of famer probably it's brandon brown maybe i mean cam chancellor's more of a borderline guy but still right and we replaced him with byron maxwell who again good football player right and those guys got exposed because they're on the backside and nobody wants to throw out Richard Sherman and it's tough, right? You get thrown out there over there. What this now gives us is what we didn't have in that Legion of Boom, which is we got two studs on the outside, right? Like you don't have that, that gap, right? Now the gap is more is like we don't have the true enforcer where it was Cam, Cam Chancellor, right? Which that hurts. Now, Fingers crossed. Still, I don't want to. Got Jamal wanna, Adams. Yes, I, I. I don't want to write him off yet completely. Right, and I hope he comes back with a vengeance this year and goes and wins Defensive Player of the Year. Wouldn't it be cool? Um, that way, like, like I'll write that I would, down. 
I would love, yeah, write that down. We could talk about that. Um, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a training camp one right there. Um, but like, you know, that's, that's what we're lacking. So hopefully if he can come back and be back to his old self in that role. Oh yeah. Cause we're great. Cause, cause Quandre Diggs, he's not, he's not as dynamic as Earl Thomas was on the backside, but you know, he's a three, four time pro bowler or whatever for a reason. Like, right. He's very, very good player, really solid on the back end. Um, we brought Bobby back. Yeah, incredible. Um, I think the thing about Quandre Diggs, too, is he always um, – he's sneaky. He just – he'll pop out of nowhere and get these interceptions where you're like, I, where was he? I swear, he wasn't even on the screen a second ago, and that looked like a sure touchdown with, like, you know, tight ends running mm-hmm. a seam route up the middle, and all of a sudden there he is running it back. Yeah, and he's, he's really good because he's not as dynamic of an athlete as Earl was, right? But he can still do that, right, because he positions himself so well. And he reads plays so well. He's such a great zone safety. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I really love the Witherspoon pick and what it's going to add to our defense. Um, now, everybody, you know, on the, the, the odd, the, the downside of it, right, is that we didn't take the Jalen Carter. We didn't take the Tyree Wilson. Um, and we do really need help on the, def- on the, on that, on that area of the team. But they address that later on as we can get into, right? So here's uh, my thought. I uh, earlier you mentioned that there's a player in this draft that you it wasn't one of our top round picks it was a later round pick but you love this pick mm-hmm. for me last year and we don't have record of this because we didn't start recording this until the playoffs this past season but um, Tariq Woolen was that guy for me mm-hmm. I kept telling Lauren's the only one who can who can attest to this because she heard me bark her ear off about it but i'm like something about that guy i've watched his tape i've watched a couple of his his games on saturdays i liked Tariq Wollen a lot he was my he was my favorite and so when he started getting all this tv time um from from commentators and sports shows and i'm like i'm the only one feeling like i'm sitting here not surprised i'm like well i've been saying this since the draft since we drafted him mm-hmm. i love this guy he was that pick for me last year and I don't know enough about the later round picks that we have this year to have yeah. that. So I'm excited that you said that. I'm like, okay, I had Tariq Woolen. So who's your guy? Yeah. Um, well, do you want to know my guy or do you want me to just kind of go through our picks in order here and talk about each of them? I want to know who your guy is. Then we can go through picks. <laughs> um, my guy that I, I, I think is – might end up being our best pick of the draft. I mean, it's going to be hard because JSN, Witherspoon, great picks, right? I think it's in in the fifth round, we took Olu Oluwatini, I think is his last name. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Sorry if I am. But he's a center out of Michigan, okay? Mm. Now, fifth round pick, right? Very similar to Tariq Wollett last year, right? But he won the Outland and the Remington Trophy last year. Um, the Outland's for the best interior offensive lineman, so guard center, and the Remington is for the best center. Um, oh, he won both. Won oh, both. Of them. Won both of them. Okay, so pretty good. Um, and then I don't know if you knew this, but Michigan runs the fuck out of the football. Okay, like mm-hmm. like they're that's what they're very very good at, and they that run sounds like our like Harbaugh. And it's and it's Harbaugh type football, right? And say what you will about John Harbaugh, but like that that style of offense is very similar to what you know, kind of how the Seahawks like to like to play their play offense, right? Look, power power the football, run it down your throat. Um, 
And on top of that, he's I, he really improved as a pass protector this year. Um, I think my bold prediction for this draft, I think he starts week one for us. Um, and I think he ends up, he, there's a good chance that he ends up being like, maybe not like, maybe he's not the best player that comes out of this draft, right? But he might be the most, the best value that we get out of any of these draft picks. Um, I, I, I really liked that pick. Mm. That's an interesting point. Best value. Who's he, who, uh, who else is on the interior of our line that he would be in a, in a position battle for? Um, Evan, God, what's, why, why am I blanking on his last name? Is it Turner? I want to say Evan Turner. Seahawks center. He would be playing center for us. Okay. Is the Seahawks center? Evan Brown? Evan Brown. That's what it is. I know it was Evan something. Okay. But yeah, Evan Brown would be, would be the guy that he replaces. Um, and Evan Evan Brown was okay. Our our offensive line was much improved last year, but the interior is where we could have improved. Where was the next spot that we could improve the most? Um, and we did dress it with a couple of picks. Um, and I liked them both. Uh, the other one was Anthony Bradford. Um, I think we we took him in the third round. I want to say I'm not totally sure exactly what pick. Might have been the fourth. Uh, fourth um, round. We didn't have a third round pick. We, he was our first fourth round pick. Gotcha. Um, and I tell you what. So I. I mean, like I've watched a little bit of LSU, but you know, you're not always watching the offensive lineman when you're watching football games. But first thing I thought, the first thing I thought, because oh yeah, he was our first or third or third uh, fourth round pick. So I remember watching it on Sunday morning, I believe it was, or no, it was Saturday. Saturday. Um, before I went golfing with my buddies. Um, but I remember the fir- the second they put him on the screen, I go, "Holy shit, that dude is big. He's a big boy." Um. <laughs> Dude's gonna maul people in the run game, like absolute bear of a human being. I mean, you look at him, you're like uh, the size of his legs. It's 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 ridiculous. Um, and again, as I said when I was talking about Oluwatimi, Olu Oluwatimi, that's a hell of a name. Um, interior offensive line is a weak point. Was is a weak point for us. We could still improve there. Um, needed to add competition and depth. Um, and because we just got our tackles last year, and they ended up being a hit. Yes, we're 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 all right out there. Um, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross had really good rookie years. Um, I'm really excited to see what they how they improve going into year two. Um, and yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know these you know this guy Bradford and Luatimi can come in and step in and be part of that offensive line too. And then you know this remake Seahawks team can can have 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 the offensive line that Russell Wilson always wanted. Um how, how <laughs> funny how funny would that be? Um but yeah so those you know those are two two picks again it's like what we did at the beginning of the draft with Witherspoon, Smith and Jigba. It's not that we didn't need those players like like we did like we did have a need at corner and we definitely needed a number three receiver. That was a spot that we absolutely had to address this draft. Yeah. Um but those were a little bit of luxury picks and definitely us picking best player available, not for our biggest need, right? Our biggest need was defensive line and interior offensive line, right? So Bradford and Alubatimi address the uh, interior offensive line portion of that, right? The defensive side of it, right? We addressed with our first pick in the second round, Derek Hall out of Auburn. Um, And okay. I don't know much about Hall. What is he like as a player? Where does he fit in the scheme 
of the cover three defense Seattle runs. He's going to be probably an outside linebacker. Um, most likely he'll be outside, I think. Um, he's he's was, pass was rush. he an edge rusher? Yeah, but he's, 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 he's an edge rusher. I mean, that's really where he's going to fit in. He's going to fit in basically on a rotational basis um, with Boye Mafe, Daryl Terrell, D- Taylor, um, Uchenna, and Wosu, those guys, right? Outside linebacker. Okay. Um, and his, I mean, his productions, you know, speaks for itself, right? So in 2021, he had 12 and a half tackles for loss, nine sacks. Um, in 2022, he had 11 and a half tackles for loss and six and a half sacks. Um, really, really good potential as a pass rusher. Um, that's, that's why we drafted him was to, to rush the passer. Um, he, that was something he said at the end of the year, you know, kind of as we were immediately heading into the off season was that we needed to get more dynamic up front. We needed to improve on the defensive line. And I think a lot of people looked at it and was like, Hey, we need to figure out how to stop the run. Um, but he also clearly said we had an issue rushing the pass. And I agree with him. Um, while yeah. We were- Cause part of that is like, if you, if you force a team to become one dimensional, they won't run the ball because they can't afford to. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe that's the way the Seahawks approached this, this off season? Like, We'll we'll address the run game in a different way, but with the draft, they're rebuilding. It I, seems like they're rebuilding the Legion of Boom, and it's to to force teams to have to play the way they want to play games. And if they can only pass, right? Well, like you're almost mitigating the run by. What's interesting? I mean, like you're half right there, but okay. what what you have wrong is that what we're what it seems like we're trying to do is force people to run the ball. <laughs> Um, cause we're more addressing the passing side of the defense, or at least it has been. Um, and that's shown with that Witherspoon pick early, right? It's like, what was our biggest need interior defensive line? Who was the best player on most people's board? Jalen Carter. We didn't take him, you know, we took a corner, right. And added him to a secondary, which you would argue was the strength of our defense last year. Right. Um, but I do think like, like there is what, what, what they're doing is that they, I think what they did is they looked at what, the, what they were successful at in the past. Right. They looked mm-hmm. at what here, I'm going to look it up. They looked at their, you know, their drafts from 2010, 2011, 2012. And they like, like, how did we build that team? And what was that team good at? And basically what they did is they said, okay, we were great defensively, right? It's not just, I mean, it's not going to be just against the pass. It's not going to be just against the run. It needs to be all over the place. Right. And they added guys when they needed to that were really important. Um, And I think, you know, like the signings that were the biggest thing that really put us over the top and brought us from like, okay, we were rebuilding to boom. Now we're a Super Bowl contender was when we signed Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett in the span of like two or three days in 2013. Right. We brought those guys in. That was when it was like, okay, boom, now we're going to go. Okay, we had drafted all the guys before that. Now it's not quite in that same order, right? But that I think this the Draymond Jones signing that we had this offseason. That I've definitely been, has something to do with it. I think he if this team ends up going on to become as successful as those previous teams, go on and competing for Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls. I I think Draymond Jones is probably gonna be a big part of it. Like if you watch his film. He reminds me a lot of Michael Bennett in the fact where it's like sometimes you see him standing up on the outside, 
play an outside backer rushing when from a two point stance. Sometimes you see him inside in the three technique lined up over a guard. Sometimes you see him in the five technique with his hand in the ground lined up on the outside of a tackle, right? He moves all over the place. Okay. And all of that does all, all that does is, is really confuses defensive or offensive linemen. You can really create mismatches, right? Because he's comfortable in all these different positions. We can go and we can target specific offensive linemen on certain teams, right? And teams are going to eventually have to help those guys out. And then that's going to free up our other guys like Derek Hall now, like Blay Moffitt, like Daryl Taylor, like Uchenna and Wosu, right? So I think that signing is really underway. I think it's why you see why we committed so much money to him. It was really surprising how much money we spent on him. But I think that's going to be a really key part of this whole whole rebuild, right? And it, I think it shows. On the guy? Um, I don't know, but it's I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head. But it was, I mean, it was pretty uh, pretty big money for uh, interior defensive lineman for a defensive lineman like that. But okay. I. I think he's going to prove to be worth it for us. Um, we don't typically spend money on free agents like that. And we did go out and get him and Devin and Bush. Devin Bush is another guy that I think was a great signing. He's an, he's an outside linebacker. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we did a lot to address the line. We, I mean, I really think we've done a great job just this offseason as a whole. And this draft was like kind of the cherry on top of, I mean, like really I, like we hit it out of the ballpark. We haven't even talked about all these picks, um, but oh. you look at, you know, without we, we, what I would say is like, everybody's like one and these recap things. I've been reading all these, you know, draft grades and stuff like that. I think the lowest grade I've seen given to the Seahawks draft class was a minus. Um, now those don't mean shit because the 2012 draft class was given an F by Bleacher Report, and that was the draft class that was our first three picks were Bruce Irvin, uh, Bobby Wagner, and Russell Wilson. So, you know, you can take this all with a grain of salt, but there's something to be said for us going and finding value. Um, and it's it was so much so much fun as a Seahawks fan because we haven't had that in so long where we get two first round picks where. We're like, it's like, hey, no, we're actually going to be doing something this time. It's not, you know, like, hey, we're going to try and maximize all the value because we've been winning, so we're picking late in the draft. It's like, you know, or we've made some trades to add some guys, so we don't have that many draft picks. It's like, no, we've got a bunch of draft picks. We've got room to move. We've got the top end, you know, like all these picks. We've got plenty of cap space. Four picks in the first two rounds. No, we don't have plenty of cap space. Um, yeah, earlier this offseason we did, though. Well, yeah, because we, but then we spent it all on like guys like Draymond Jones, and then we had to, you know, lock up Gino and all so these. That's we, one thing. Right now, we do not have any cap space flexibility, right? And it's part of what has created our big need at defense, at interior defensive lineman, right? It's like we don't have Al Woods. We don't have Puna. Well, I think Puna might be hurt, but I don't think he's on the team right now. And we also had to release Shelby Harris, right? To make room because I think we're still technically, we're going to be over the cap after we sign all of our uh, free agents. So, I mean, cap space is something that, that we're going to need to need to figure out. Um, they'll, they'll figure it out. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe, maybe doing a little rework or a slight extension yeah. for the locket could create some space for us. Ryan uh, Monet. We just drafted Cameron Young. Uh, what, who else we got? 
Jaron Reed? Does Jaron Reed send the outside or the inside? Into he's inside. He's an inside guy. Okay. Uh, Jaron that, Reed. That was a really good getting him back as well. That was that's cool. Um, and those are our guys. Those are our interior yeah. line. Yeah. Um. Look, one thing we've talked a lot about the defense here, and that's probably the part I'm most excited for. Uh, seeing the development of the defense this upcoming season, mm-hmm. but we haven't even touched that much on the fact that we have the most efficient quarterback in the league, the the most accurate passing quarterback in the league from last year, just re-signed to another couple of years. We have a three-headed monster out of Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and now the rookie sensation Jackson Smith and Jigba. We just added hey. to the running back room Zach Charbonnet with already Kenneth Walker. Like our offense is going to be explosive. Right. Well, I th- I think the reason we've been talking about the dr- the the defense because that's where we were lacking. Our offense was already pretty damn explosive last year. Um, we scored a lot of points last year. Um, yeah. So that wasn't you know that wasn't the focus, right? The focus was what are we going to do to improve the defense, right? So that's why we've been talking about it. Also, you know, just I mean, we did talk about Smith and Jigba, but without talking about the offense as a whole. But, I, but yeah, and I think Charbonnet, him... and I'm trying to get through all of these picks, but we keep sidetracking each other. Um, Charbonnet was a pick. I think that's like the pick where it's like a lot of people, when you were looking at the draft, they're all like, oh, I didn't like the Charbonnet pick, right? Everybody's like, you just got Kenneth Walker. You drafted him early last year. Like, why would you invest another high draft pick in just in getting a running back when you already got your guy, right? I could not disagree with that point more okay um one it's the second round it's not like we're taking him and it's not like we took uh, it's not like we took Bijan robinson with the fifth pick that would be dumb right right um we only had before the draft we only had kenneth walker and dj dallas on our roster um we needed bodies there like that was a absolute thing that we needed to go and then also i'm the pac-12 guy right so i've watched a lot of his football and him playing football because he went to UCLA. Yeah. And he is such a classic Hawks running back, right? Like, like decept- deceptively fast, right? He ran a 4540, right? Like, not like blow you away speed, but that's fast. Okay. Um, but just runs physical as all hell, right? Like, is not scared of contact, will run up the middle and will put his shoulders down and run through guys to try and get into the end zone, right? Like, just very classic, like, tough running Hawks running back, right? Which is, like, that's what we've always loved. Um, And I think he's going to be a great, you know, like, second punch to Kenneth Walker, right? And if we can, you know, if, 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 he's, if he's that good, they can both stay healthy, you know, and we can balance out our use, right? From a fantasy fan perspective, it's not going to be great. Um, if they're both really successful um, because they're going to take touches away from each other. But as a Seahawks fan and for our team, that's going to be awesome, right? Those guys both being fresh and being able to just trade them in and out. That's good. That'll be so much fun. They're very dynamic, right? So I really, really like that pick. Then, you know, we went and we picked another running back with our last pick of the draft in the seventh round. Now, this pick, no, not as, nobody's really saying it was a bad pick, right? Because they're like, oh, that's when you should have addressed running back, right? You've already got your guy. Like, just get it. Like, get late round picks. You can get production out of them, which I agree. But again, we needed bodies. Um, and I think Kenny McIntosh was a great pick in the fact because 
needed bodies, and then he fills a different role than Zach Charbonnet would, right? Zach Charbonnet, he is the direct backup and basically like the the 2.0 to Kenneth Walker, right? Kenneth Walker's the lead guy. He's going to, you know, carry the load, but he'll be that change of pace, the keep keep Kenneth Walker fresh, you know, like limit the amount of hits he's got to take. Like he's the Rashad Penny to Chris Park Carson kind of thing, right? He's like an off-speed pitch. Right. Like a beautiful off-speed pitch. Yeah. I mean, I don't even necessarily say it's off-speed. I would just say it's more like this This pitcher usually throws a four-seam fastball, and this guy's now throwing just a cutter in there, right? Like yeah. sharp cutter, right? It's still it's still a fastball, but it's just – it's got a little bit different movement to it. Um, The Kenny McIntosh is going to be more of the actual off-speed pitch, right? He's the He's going to be competing for third-down snaps immediately, right? He's going to compete with DJ Dallas for that pass-catching role, right? Really, really good pass catcher. Um, and I, I, I love that we picked him because it's like he's a seventh-round pick that I think is going to be able to play a role on our offense from day one. Um, if I mean, you know, if, if he can figure out, like, the toughest thing for running backs to figure out when they get to the NFL level is pass protection schemes. So if they can, if he can figure out how to pass protect and we can make sure that he can actually do that and be in on those situations – he was yeah. last he was second in the second yards and third in receptions amongst running backs in college. That's pretty that's pretty good, right? So I you know I'm surprised I love Philadelphia didn't get him sooner. <laughs> yeah, Georgia guy too, you know. Um they just uh, they went for the other they went and traded for DeAndre Swift to get their other Georgia guy. So yeah, that was that's what they decided to do. Um <laughs> God, but yeah, so who else? Well, okay, Cameron Young, okay. That's another pick. I think we picked him in the fourth, fifth round. Fourth round. He was um, our second, fourth round pick. Yeah. So again, it was what we did is we, you know, we addressed it. We went, you know, best player available, not as much. I mean, positions of need, but not the biggest needs early, right? In the first two rounds by taking, you know, corner, receiver, def, uh, pass rusher, and running back. But then, then on day three, we really got in the meat and potatoes of what was what we needed to build out the rest of our roster, which is interior offensive line and defensive line, and that's what we did. Cameron Young is a perfect guy for us to add to replace the Shelby Harris, the Al Woods on our team. Right? Um, I wouldn't rule out like a guy like Al Woods coming back, depending on what his market looks like and if we can get him for cheap enough and it works in our cap situation. I still yeah. think we need a couple, a few more bodies there, but Cameron Young is just going to be, you know, I mean, like it's one. He's a he's a he's a nose guy, right? Directly, he's going to be right in the middle of our defense, and we absolutely had to get him, or or not necessarily him specifically, but we had to get somebody in there. Um, he's a really good run stopper, which obviously, again, after watch, I I, I had to watch. Uh, Live and in person, um, the Raiders run for like a million yards on the Seahawks last year. Uh, I believe Josh Jacobs had 264 or something like that. I don't know. It was nuts, It, but it was painful, right? Cameron Young hopefully will make it, so that's a lot harder to do. He is an absolute cement brick in the middle. You're not going to move him at the point of attack. Um, he's really going to hold up there. A but, cement brick? Yeah. A brick fucking... made of cement. Sure, cement, a block, whatever. I don't. <laughs> Fuck. I don't care. Um, 
the problem with him is a cement block full of bricks. Oh my god, I don't. I'm gonna beat you over the head with a shovel next time I see a, br- a brick structure. Or actually, you know what I'm gonna do? Full of I'm cement. gonna beat you with a fucking cement brick next time I see. You. I'm gonna show you exactly what a cement brick is. Yeah, well, I'm gonna fight back with a brick. A Great. Classic red brick. Oh my god. Are you done? So, mm, I have one more, but I'll save it for off, off air. Right. <laughs> so, Cameron Young, cement brick. Is he red or like more naturally like gray green in color? Like, what kind of. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Are you done? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm. Yep, I'm done. Okay, okay. The problem with Cameron Young, while he is a cement brick in the middle, don't make a single comment about that, Jacob. Um, he is brings <laughs> absolutely no pass rush production. None. Like he, I think he had like four sacks in his entire time at Mississippi State. Um, so I mean, maybe we can develop that. Uh, but really, what we needed out of that position is we needed better run stopping ability. So if that's what he's going to bring in the immediate, uh, in the immediate term, then so be it. Um, our next pick was Mike Morris at a defensive end at a Michigan State. Um, he plate like he was a defensive end like that's what he's listed as for the draft but he's going to play more of that interior role for us as well the three technique which for those of you who don't know what you know different techniques like when somebody says three technique versus five technique means it basically just all it stands for is where that defensive lineman lines up on the on the line right so zero would be if you lined up directly over the center right right in front of the guy right on top of the football one is the outside shoulder of him. Two would be right ahead up on the guard. And then three technique is outside shoulder of the guard. Five technique is outside shoulder of the tackle, right? Those are the two that you see the most often as often as three technique and five technique. Um, just a quick breakdown for you guys. But anyways, Mike. He's Miller. the X and they're the O. What? Nailed it. Cell five. You're losing it, buddy. Uh, so this cement brick Mike Morris here. <laughs> no, he's playing, a re- I didn't say you, he, Wait, so Mike Morris, you said he's three technique or five technique? Which one? Three, te- three technique, interior. Okay, so he's further in. He doesn't he doesn't really have the speed to be playing on the edge at the NFL level. So we're gonna move him inside. We're gonna bulk that boy up. Have him play it like you know 290, 295. And he's gonna he's hopefully gonna bring you know those pass rush skills that he used more on the outside at Michigan to the interior, but then develop a little bit as a run defender. Um he's probably gonna be more of a developmental pick, gonna fight for some gonna fight for some snaps early, but I don't think he's gonna be playing a whole lot early early this year. Um, 
hopefully I'm wrong and he makes an immediate impact. Um, but, but yeah, and then I think he'll definitely be one of them to watch out for in um, preseason. Yeah, absolutely. Get I mean, best you, looks there. Yeah, in the preseason, you'll you want to watch him. Um, I'm sure we'll see a lot of him playing. Um, rookies will get a lot of reps early. Well, at least he will. The top guys probably not as much. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, our, our, our last other pick that we made was Jarek Reed, who's a defensive back out of New Mexico, New Mexico State or something. Um, it's kind yeah, of a New dart Mexico. throw. Kind of a dart throw. Um, yeah, that one I wasn't – do we have a need at safety? What was What was that pick about? Um, I think he's going to be, I, again, I think it's, it's kind of a bit of a dart throw. He's like, brings like his, he's super fast. Um, and I think he's going to be like, he's going to be coming in. He's really just going to be looking at trying to make the roster as a backup safety and then like rotational guy. And like, if he can be, he, I think he could be like a really good special teamer. Okay. I can see that. Um, yeah, he's undersized and he struggled a little bit with missed tackles is what I could find for my research. I haven't watched any of them playing football, so I don't really. Oh, God, that scares me because Seattle struggled with missed tackles last year. Yeah, I mean, t- historically, Pete's been really good about teaching tackling, so hopefully that improves this year. Um, but yeah, I think he's kind of a Darth Rowan. I think really what they're – he could be a really good – like he's so fast that like if he can figure out the tackling thing, I mean, like, he could be a really, really good gunner on punt um, or a guy on the outside on kickoff too. So, I mean, he, he that's probably going to be his best way to carve out a role for himself and make the team is being a really good special teams player. And, I mean, that's really the case for every rookie that's not like a top pick is like make sure you're grinding hard on special teams. Um, Got to be able to add value if you can't quite crack the starting lineup. But, I mean, I look at the Seahawks team, and I look at not only this draft, but last year's draft, and I think we're looking at six, seven, maybe eight starters that are in their first or second year this year. And that's not a bad thing. Like, sometimes that's like you're an abysmal team and you had to burn everything to the ground, right? And you're just now getting back to – trying to figure out how to play football again, right? Like where like the Jags have been in the past where I think the Texans kind of are now. Right. But like we were a playoff team last year and we added at least two immediately immediate starters like JSN might like Smith and Jig might not be technically a starter. Right. If you don't, if, if you, if like, if like we have a tight end technically as like a starter or whatever, we don't have, three receiver mm. running lineup. He might not technically be a starter, but the third receiver in an NFL offense, like is on the field, like at 60 something percent of plays. Like he's on the field more often than he's not. He's going to be, he's essentially a starter, right? Um, oh, dude. Just like how sneaky scary is that? Where, you know, how many, how many defensive backs can you really have shadowing like any one player, two that, players, but they, three, like, that dude's our third receiver. And what, so I, I guess I, I didn't even really break him down at all. We just kind of talked about how he's going to win offensive rookie of the year. Um, <laughs> but like, like what he brings to the table as a player, right. Is like that dude's got like, he's, he's, he's a, he's a pretty good route runner needs to improve there. He's not like incredible. Um, hopefully he takes a step up there. Um, but like 
he's savvy. Like, like he's just got he's got really good ball skills and instincts. Like the way that he can just kind of sneak through defenses reminds me a lot of Tyler Lockett in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Where, mm-hmm. The way that Tyler plays in the slot, right? Now, Smith and Joe, like he's probably going to be only a slot guy, right? And that's okay because like Tyler, while he is currently our like he he'll play all over the place, right? Like Tyler can play on the outside, no problem, right? So he when in three receiver sets it'll be tyler and dk on the outside jackson smith and jigba on the inside in the slot and he's gonna I, he's gonna just get lost in, in in defenses man he's gonna make some huge plays for us this year because of the fact that it's like you one you have their teams are always going to be concerned about dk because he is an alien and like you, you you need to always be concerned about the aliens that are on the other team um Tyler is I mean just the most criminally underrated player in the NFL year in and year out Um, so so good and rock solid for us like he's going to be he's going to get open teams are going to be concerned about him and yeah Smith and Jew he's going to be able to just kind of just you know do his thing and just weasel through the the middle of defenses and he'll I'm I'm telling you he's going to get open on those crossing routes over the middle of the field a lot even just to be in the same room as guys like DK and Tyler. Yeah. Like the I amount see. of learning he's going to have, like the, his relative ease into the NFL is going to be so much quicker to get over the learning curve than so many other young receivers, just because of the room he's in and the people he's with, he's, he's going to be able to just got, take it in. He landed in maybe the best situation. I mean, of any one player in the draft, right? Like totally right. Like, like, and, and and he's got the like it's not like I mean so like DK's young right he's gonna be there we we, we got him locked up well, it's like and Tyler's Tyler's getting older right like he's only a thirty he's thirty two but he's getting older he's still productive but like he could be on his way out in the not too distant future um so like he's got room to have his role grow but also not be necessarily like the focal point early on and what we've seen out of him right like. But he hasn't. He didn't really play much last year because of an injury. Um, but in twenty twenty one, like what he did, like he did that all as the third receiver in that offense, where he lit that team, those teams up. Right? It's like Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the two guys that finished up there with Kenneth Rocker last year, were on that team. You know, it's funny. I you know what? This interview, the three of them were together, and the guy asked uh, the interviewer asked the three of them, "So who's the best between you guys?" And Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson both point to Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. And he's like, who, me? They're like, yeah, you. Um, and, and I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if people have forgotten this. In 2021, that dude had 15 catches for 347 yards and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl alone. Oh, like in one game. In the Rose Bowl. 15 catches, Ooh. 347 yards and three touchdowns. Like, is that good at football? You tell me. Gosh damn. Yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. It's and I just I hope it translates to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, and now he's again, now this is the the question for him is is all of that production gonna translate to when, you know, you don't have the best players on the field at every single position all around you at all times? You know, which what what you have at Ohio State now, 
what we've seen in recent years, um, it seems like Ohio State receivers can translate pretty well. Um, so I'm not overly worried about it. But yeah, man, I just this I I love I love what we've done. Just all all draft, uh, what we did all off season. Like I think that Schneider's been hitting a home run so far this off season. He did it last year. Um, and if he does it again, this, I mean, if this year is just good, um, we're going to be on our way to being a real force in the NFC. Um, it's all going to come down to how that defense can, can improve this year. Um, offense can, I, I don't see how the offense is. I don't see how the offense couldn't get better at this point. Um, if they don't, something weird happens. We dealt with some injuries or something. Or I mean, I guess Geno could regress, right? I mean, even but, the even the 49ers last year, you know, had a fantastic offense and went to the championship game and dealt with every injury that they could mm-hmm. possibly have dealt with. Yeah, I mean, well, that's yeah, that's that's just that's a that, you never know. The the injury thing is that's the most the most chaotic part of football. Um, but I and, think. At the end, like we still we had a lot of ground to make up this year, um, and I don't know if we did enough. I mean, only you know, only time's gonna tell. We'll see once we get into the season. But I mean, we lost we we lost the 49ers three times last year. Like, not forget that, you know. Like, and they beat the shit out of us. Like, it wasn't necessarily close. So yeah. we got a lot of improvement to do. And the main thing is, can we defend the run? And so, I. That's the one thing I'm not sure if we did enough to address that specifically. But with that being said, we did address it somewhat um, by adding, you know, Cameron Young was a good draft pick, adding Mike Morris, guys that are going to play on the inside. Draymond Jones, I think, is going to make a big difference. And then I, I bringing Bobby back is like, let's nobody, I mean, I don't think people are going to forget about it. Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Fame player, but like cannot be overstated. Um, that what the leadership he brings, just the knowledge he brings, and what he can do in the middle of that defense, um, still at his age is it's going to be invaluable. Um, and yeah, this I'm, is a, I'm this really is be a fun rookie class to watch. It is little NFL careers. Unfortunately, they're not going to produce like last year's, right? Like they're not going to. We're not going to get six starters out of this one. Um. And if we do, I, but wouldn't it be cool? But wouldn't it be cool? I don't know if it would. That, I feel like if if we did, it took some injuries, right? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Uh, let's piece this together. Cornerback, receiver. I don't know. Unless you don't count Jackson Jigga because of the uh, tight end roster situation, we could maybe oh, see he, Derek Hall. So I I think Witherspoon started like like there's one one two for sure. Paul, like Paul, I think most likely to be, but like, yeah, I mean, he could maybe. Charbonnet don't necessarily want him to become a starter because that means not necessarily great things for Kenneth Walker. Um, I think there's the potential for for five or six of them. I doesn't yeah, doesn't it, doesn't mean it will doesn't mean it's even likely, but there's definitely potential for five or six of them. I think the running back, the two running backs we have are not very likely. So I wouldn't count those and safety also. I, I wouldn't say that's very likely at all, but guard center, I think possible. 
uh, our two first rounders and our two second rounder. Uh, sorry, and Derek Hall, possible, uh, more than likely for two first rounders. Um, and then one of the two between the interior defensive line, possible. You know, I wouldn't be crazy. Yeah, I. It's if that happens, you but you hope that it's like the the rookies rise to the level of talent that it takes to compete well in the NFL yeah. as opposed to the alternative which is shit hit the fan and they're just filling in the gaps for us. Yeah, really well, yeah yeah, yeah. It, that's 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 really what I'm saying. It's like it's it's I hope it's because they just can't be take like like that they're playing so well that we have to put them on the field as opposed to uh oh shit, we've got to put these guys on the field. <laughs> um but yeah, man, I'm excited. I think, you know... I mean, that's how Tom Brady got his start, though, and that, look, that worked out all right for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of times where it hasn't worked out very well as well. Um, probably a lot more than the amount of times somebody's turned into Tom Brady. Yeah, we, don't, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, we can dream, right? Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool? <laughs> How's your week? What'd you do this weekend? I played golf. How was golf? Not great. Was, uh, I'm sorry. I I sucked at golf, but the uh, we had a nice like it was like the first like couple days of like really good weather up here, right? Where like we're talking it was like upper seventies on Friday and Saturday. Which, as you know, when you're up here, like those first couple of days where it's just perfect out, are you really can't beat them in the Seattle area? Um, Dang, it was sunny up there. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and now, of course, you know it rained a little bit today. Yeah, but it's that sunny days in Seattle really are the best. Yeah, you just can't beat them, man. I mean, it's just it's perfect. You know, we have to deal with the seven, eight months of gray skies to get them. So, you know, there's there's downsides to everything. Um, yeah, so the, the weather was great. And so that was it was I had a lot of fun playing golf, uh, but I didn't necessarily play very good golf. But, you know, I played, you know, Friday, I played with some guys from my club. Saturday, I brought out a couple of my roommates out to the to club and we uh we we slapped it around out there, had a good time, and then uh, yesterday I just went out and you know played with some guys. I played actually I played with a guy who uh, he's currently he's in his senior year at Oregon State, but he plays at Oregon State golf there, and yeah, he's one of the best. I probably probably he's definitely one of if not the best player I've ever played with before I mean it was incredible definitely hit the ball farther than anybody I've seen this guy the second hole at our course is a very long par five that like is not really like most par fives like like not most but a lot of par fives you know you're thinking like ah if I hit a great drive I might be able to reach this thing in two um can't can't do that on hole number two at our course um for like 99 percent of people um it's like, it's like oh like if we get up to the white tees like sometimes i'm like yeah i could might, might be able to do it from here in the summer when it's hot and i hit a great drive this dude did it from the black tees like as far back as you can go like it's like mm-hmm. over 
hundred yards. Like, like probably the most like this his shot into the green there was probably the most ridiculous shot I've seen in my life. Like, I I can't I I still to this day I can't believe it. I mean, if you haven't played my course, which probably nobody that's listening to this actually maybe somebody from from the club listen to this who knows but if if you haven't played before you don't fully understand but i mean it was it was it was bonkers but it was it was cool it's always fun to play with guys that are like just on a completely different level and just seeing it up close it's 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 crazy yeah he yeah. guy i played with like he, he won like two years ago he won the washington state amateur actually um and he went on like went to the US US amateur, but I think I think he missed missed making the cut to go on to the elimination round by like like on the number or something like that, which was brutal. But yeah, really, really good player and it was fun to play with him. But yeah, that's so cool. Played some golf and drank some beers, hung out, enjoyed the weather. How was your weekend? Can't ask for much more. Um pretty pretty good, I I guess. Not a lot going on. Um, it's one of the more chill weekends I've had in about a month. We've been traveling a lot. Just yeah, well, that's good. A, a wedding to go to, and we celebrated our anniversary last month. And um, I don't know. We're getting ready to move soon, so we've just been we've been moving around a lot. So I'm getting it was nice to just to stay not, in one spot. What's not, that? I said I'm getting ready to move soon too. It's not a fun process. Oh yeah. Yep. I went and bought boxes, but I'm also realizing I'm not ready to like put them in my way and like pack things up quite yet. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's it's a weird thing. Luckily, I'm not moving as far as you, so it's a bit of an easier process. Like, I think I'm just gonna. I think I know probably where I'm gonna try and apply. I'm just trying get my lease to start like the week before my lease current lease ends, so that way I can just kind of move everything at a leisurely pace. Yeah, that's the way to do it. But I mean, you guys can can't do that when you're moving from Sacramento to Las Vegas. Yeah, I don't know. We'll be all right. We'll figure it out. I um, I so I've been running a lot. I have this thing I wanted to run a thousand miles this year, and I was trying to run fifty miles last week. Mm-hmm. But I haven't done that. I've ran forty miles in a week a couple of times, but not fifty. And um, I sprinted pretty quickly to, not literally, but like I, I got up to about 30 miles pretty quickly. Uh, I think by my fourth day, I was, I was past it. And then I just felt this uh, like very mild sort of injury kind of coming on my, my mm-hmm. right leg, like right on my Achilles. And I had to stop, like kind of slow down. And I tried to push it a, a couple more miles um, on Friday and it just, it was getting to me. So I didn't hit my 50 goal, but it's okay. That's good I still ran your body though, because it would have sucked to like injure yourself and not be able to run for a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah. And in the grand scheme of things, I will at some point probably hit a 50 mile week, but I don't want to hit 50 for the sake of like losing out on a couple of hundred other miles. Yeah. Plus, year. If you're hitting your goals every time you set them, you know, uh, you're probably not setting high enough goals. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. The first time I ran a hundred mile month, it seemed like a little bit, I don't know about crazy, but like it just seemed a little intimidating. And I missed it twice 
the two months I started and tried and I didn't run a hundred miles. Um, and then the third month I, I did it, it was last August ran a hundred mile month. And now that's become pretty, like pretty common. Like if I don't run a hundred miles in a month, it's kind of like, I don't know, like what was I taking it easy for? Um, and it's just funny to think about that. You know what I mean? Like, like when one thing that's kind of intimidating at first, all of a sudden just becomes a little bit normal and you start like these, these goals kind of transform or evolve into, I didn't even realize I was ever capable of, of going that hard or, or, you know, mm-hmm. hitting something like that. My supplement. Yeah. 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 No, fun about, you know, it's, it's, it's what I love about sports. Um, you know, I mean, you're not necessarily running for sport. You're running to stay in shape. I mean, it's kind of. I do. I do want to run for sport. Yeah. I'm depending on how I'm doing. I'm a long ways away from it, and I'm kind of scared to say this out, you know, in a public setting. But like, I really want to run the Boston Marathon, uh-huh. but I need to be way faster than I am now in order to qualify for it. And I don't think it's something I'd be able to do this next year. But I bet by 2025 I could do it. Um. Well, and so there you go. I mean, it's. And this is this is what I I love again like what I love about sports is like like you you're just you, you're pushing yourself for something like it's just always like it's like for me like I play golf right and it was like I what I love about it is it for it, it's a way for me to get like that competitive release right and like even if it's like I could be out there playing alone and I'm always competing I'm competing with myself I'm competing to try and get better um and like it's the same thing for you like running is a lot even more solo right it's like you're not ever competing well i mean you're not you would do sometimes compete against other people but for the most part you're just you know working out right and it's just you versus your own times and your own goals and your own body and there's 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 a lot of satisfaction that competing brings you um when you're successful i mean and also a little bit when you fail right because like when you fail and like like you miss this guess what eventually you're going to do a 50 mile week and then when you do it's going to feel so much sweeter because you failed at it a couple of times or you know and that's like that's the beauty of it yeah that you can always just compete and focus on trying to get better and takes your mind off things all in all is a good week good weekend good week i'm glad we're back on the podcast again i'm glad we have something to talk about this time last 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 one we were uh spewing a little bit of bullshit but now i'm like oh i got i got plenty to talk about i could talk about last time was totally intentional and and had lots of purpose and um might go down as as one of the best podcast episodes of all time yeah sure of any podcast tell yourself there david um you want to say that was cool this week or you want me to um yeah i mean i got a good one i, I bet you I, i'm willing to bet that you and i probably have the same one um is it I, should we say say the the team on three uh sure the guy wait team or guy um we'll go with team because that's easier to get right or to nail Okay, one, two, three. Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Got, got it. <laughs> I... Okay, so you're talking about the scout. 
Uh, yeah. So Deuce Vaughn got drafted by the Cowboys. Um, and <laughs> his dad happens to work in the scouting department, right? Was in the Cowboys draft room at the time, right? And so it was the Cowboys put out a really, really cool video where he called his buddy and just called his son and was like, Hey man, his dad, like you want to come to work with me on Monday, right? Like how, how cool is that? Like one, it's that kid's been that kid's dream his whole life to make it to the NFL Two, It's probably been that dad's dream that kid's whole life for the kid to make it to the NFL. Right. And then three, yeah. like, like the dad got to be the one to give him the news, like, and play a role in it and everything, you know? And then, I mean, you can, I mean, you can, you could see, I mean, like Jerry Jones, when he got on the phone, like you could hear the real emotion in his voice, right? Like it was, it was very, very cool. The emotion in that room, everybody was very happy to make that pick. It was so awesome to see. Um, I mean, the draft is full of that was cool ones, but I think that one very clearly takes the cake is the, the coolest thing I saw. Um, but yeah, what a fun moment that would have been. It's so cool, man. I mean, that's just yeah. next level. I mean, it's something you're going to cherish your entire life. I mean, like, that's a moment that everybody gets to cherish your entire life. And now it's like, it's in the family, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's just it's cool. Wouldn't it have been a bummer though if he got drafted to like the Eagles or the Commanders or something? I mean, kind of a bummer to be a division rival to his dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that's, that's not that's, what happened. That's, that's that's way cool that that's not what happened. Times. I mean, because then you get the them going up against each other. Oh sure. It is. I mean, it's 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 cool both ways. Whenever you get a father and son. And, and, you know, involved in the league in the, in the league together, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Like, I don't think you'll never see like an actual. I don't think we'll ever see an NFL player playing in the NFL at the same time as his son. Like, like we've seen, mm. we've seen that in Major League Baseball, and I think we're probably going to see that in the NBA with LeBron. Yeah. But. I mean, it's so, so hard to do to play good enough for long enough or for your son to make it up there young enough. But like, like, and that's what's so special about like, like Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. hitting back-to-back home runs. Like, that will probably never happen again. Mm. A father and son hitting back-to-back home runs in a professional baseball game is, I mean... Yeah, it'll probably never happen in a basketball game or a football game either. I would, I, I would think that you're, I, you might be onto something there, Jacob. Gosh, damn! At least I think I'm funny. Somebody has to, otherwise that would just destroy my ego. <laughs> you've been, you've <laughs> been on a, you've been on a tear tonight. I can tell you, I can tell you that much. Okay, concrete bricks. Um, beat you over the head with a shovel as I said okay well anyways that was cool now that I um, to the Vaughn family ordered, I need to make sure that I don't use a shovel I'm going to make a note right now 
Yeah, yeah, because everyone would know if you used a shovel that it was obviously. If you, you get beat to death with a shovel, everybody's going to know to look for me. Now I've given a guy that wants to murder you the perfect motor. We might chicken out. Use the shovel. Take some pride in your your efforts. You don't want someone else taking credit for for that crime. That's all you. You deserve it. That's true. Thank you for listening to the greatest hypothetical sports podcast in the world. If you loved this episode, then please click follow, give us a five-star rating, and give the next episode a listen. We'll be here every week with a new episode of Wouldn't It Be Cool? Yeah, you know, come and reach out to us on social media. Um, Our at is at WIBC underscore podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, We'd love to hear from you. We want to know. You know what you guys think is cool what you think you know wouldn't it be cool